Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, breaking news, WWE makes a whole bunch of cuts uh, just about 20 minutes ago or an hour ago. We have a very good Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston match. We have a pay-per-view full gear coming up next week, but we're moving towards that. NXT 2.0, I ended up watching the entire thing and some main uh, some main roster stuff happening with my man KO, Big E, and Seth Rollins. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Banff Ringside Podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. I'm your host, Bill Veggy, as always, a.k.a. Kiki Handerwick. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. I know you didn't get that one. I knew that one was going to kill Jason, though. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll start with Zach. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beer, Zach Bowman. What's going on, two beer? Man, I'm, I'm glad I didn't get that joke. I had a mouthful of pot roast, and uh, I probably would have died. There's nobody here to give me a Heimlich. Oh, shit. Uh, and sitting to my left, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? You, you should have went with him first because Kiki Vandaway used to play in Portland. That's a beautiful thing. Allows the power heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume 230, Chapter 3, Verse 14, and the Good Smart Say It. Hashtag B-O-O-T-H-E-H-E-E-L-S. Boo the heels, baby. It's all good. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. So I took a nap this afternoon because I knew I was going to have to come out here for the pod. And I wake up, and I wake up to 12 text messages. I'm looking like, what the fuck is going on? And the next thing you know, there's blood on the highway. WWE strikes again. Another round of cuts. We're going to jump into that and delve into a little A-dub and uh, a little bit of a little bit of everything. But the WWE cuts, some surprising, some not so much. But I can't wait to hear what uh, this discussion is going to lead into. We are coming at you from the crisp, cool patio in my house, or at my house in St. Charles, Missouri. Um, we, you know, John Moxley was obviously the big story this week. John Moxley, who is arguably the face of AEW, um, has taken an indefinite leave of absence. Absence. He is going through inpatient uh, alcohol treatment, if I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, and so... We might, we're not going to talk about that too much. We're not going to put in the three count. We're not going to put in the odds and ends. We're just going to put it straight up front. I thought CM Punk said the best the other night during his promo that, you know, if you're if you're feeling shitty, if you're feeling like you need help, reach out for help. Uh, it's a courageous thing to do. It's a cool thing to do, frankly, and good for John Moxley. There's not much that we're going to say. We're not going to get into the... The, the shit that was happening on Twitter, which was turning it into an AEW versus WWE thing, which is just fucking, I mean, it's absurd. It's absurd. So we're just not going to go there. Anyway, best wishes to John Moxley. Uh, we hope we hope you're back soon. And without further ado, let's get to that. Three counts. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. Well, it had to happen sooner or later, I guess. It just decided to happen today WWE 
takes over the headlines once again with another round of cuts. Um, I believe I have the list in front of me in no particular order. I'll just go down the list. Nia Jax, Eva Marie, Mia Yim, Harry Smith, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Davey Bar, Harry Smith Jr. from uh, MLW. Keith Lee, big surprise. Karrion Cross, big surprise, at least in my mind. Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik, uh, Jessica Kamea, Karina Cortez, Trey Baxter, uh, Zayna Ramir, uh, I said Jessica Kamea, B-Fab from... Uh, Hit Row just got called up. Now she's gone. Oni Lorcan, Amber Moon, a little bit of a surprise. Frankie Monet, big surprise. And Scarlett Bordeaux, once again, kind of a surprise because she never joined Kyrian Cross. So. Jay Z of Hawaiian Soapy fame. You ain't shit. <laughs> Sorry. Had to get my Machiavelli reference in there. What does this mean? Um. I'll be surprised. There's some. Hold on, Jason. Let me quarterback the show. Jason, what does this mean? I'll be surprised. I'm not sure what this actually means. Um, like, there's names on this list. Like, Kieran Cross kind of jumps out. You know, he was kind of dead in the water when he got to the main roster, and now he's cut before even Scarlett comes into the picture. Everybody's like, you know, let's see what happens when Scarlett gets here. Well, he, she doesn't even get here. She's cut. Harry Smith, uh, Bill and I were talking about this. We were like, you know, isn't this, you know, Davey Boy Smith's junior son? Yeah. Next thing you know, he doesn't even get on TV. He's cut. Nia Jax, this has been one of those that's been, you know, in the rumor mill for a while. It just so happens that it's happening now. You know, a little bit of a surprise in that just because of who Nia Jax is in WWE world. Um, being blood relation to The Rock usually gets you far, probably got her a little farther than uh, she probably should have been, but neither here nor there. I'll let you guys talk about it. But the one, and yes, you might want to get the the button ready. The one I want to talk about is Eva Marie. Now, if you're going to have somebody to have a full podcast telling me how bad my take is on Eva Marie and how she's going to be used to get Piper Niven over. No, I'm not calling her ass do drop. It's Piper Niven. This person needs to step up to the plate and now admit that he is wrong. Okay? Eve Marie was not brought back to get people over. Eve Marie was brought back to get eyes on the product and the product only. The fact that now she's released a few months after being brought in this same year? Wait a minute. Who are you asking? Just Somebody just, on Twitter? Just... Wait, are you talking about me? No, I'm not talking about you. Oh, okay, all right. Just, just <laughs> I was let, like, let that, that might have been something I said. I don't know. I don't, no, I don't, no, no. I don't remember no. a lot of shit the I said. Dude I mean. that, the dude that did the whole podcast about how bad the evil retake was that did. Oh, okay. Oh, Zach wasn't here for that, though. Okay. Yeah, okay. So now we're back on full circle. So now... Eve Marie, this heat magnet that I was being told that she was, has been released. How are you a heat magnet and you're being released? How are you getting people over and you're getting released? Eve Marie was brought in to have casual fans 
look over and then have the WWE Universe Google like they always do over some hot chick. And I'm not mad about that. Liv Morgan, same concept. I'll get to her in a little bit. The fact of the matter is that Eva Marie was a bad signing to begin with. Then you re-signed her, which made it worse. You doubled down on it, and you then you tried to get her to put over Piper. You, you didn't need to have her to even try to put over Piper Niven. Piper Niven is good on her own. The fact that you tried to think that that was a good idea buys the shit out of me, and I want my motherfucking repercussions coming up in this motherfucker in a little bit. <laughs> okay, uh, Zach, what's the biggest one? What stands out to you here? Yeah, I mean, just the overarching nature of it. A couple of them kind of surprised me. I mean, Keith Lee would be the, the biggest like surprise out of the bunch because they were at least kind of, you know, he's had his, his struggles uh, on the main roster, but, you know, they kind of came back with this Bearcat thing, and I was like, yeah, you know, maybe they'll make something of it. Didn't really have any high hopes. But <clears throat> the thing that really stands out is just, like, the sheer amount of cuts, um, the timing. I mean, it's right before the holidays. They're making entire families unemployed. You know, it's like Carrie and Scarlett, Mia and Keith. Um, you know, it's just like, yeah, we just don't care about anybody. We... We had a quarterly earnings call uh, yesterday, said we pulled in $256 million, but we better make some budget cuts with this talent. So uh, just it's bonkers to me. Baffling, it's the most profitable they've ever been. And, you know, if they're not going to do something with some of these people, it's fine. They're not a charity. They are a business. But, dude, like, you can do something with a lot of these people. Frankie Monet, Ty Valkyrie, like, she's a proven star, like, elsewhere. She had six matches in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because all bullshit aside, uh, Ty Valkyrie was uh, one of my picks for the beefers for Woman of the Year. I think it was a couple years ago. So, I mean, I yeah. was naturally excited. She just moved to Florida because I was, she was working for WWE. Like, her and John just moved from like L.A. to Florida because it made more sense because she was working in NXT to live in Florida. Absolutely. Insane. I'll say this real quick: the the Frankie Monet did, uh, surprise uh, the Frankie Monet release didn't surprise me because how she was portrayed in NXT. She got squashed by Raquel Gonzalez fairly quickly, and then you didn't see too much after or too much from her after the fact. The first time I saw her, I think, was on uh, that Halloween Havoc um, episode last week. Keith Lee, same thing. Came out hot, beat Randy Orton. Every, we were all like, yeah, you know, Keith Lee, Keith Lee. And then slowly but surely, either from COVID or poor creative slash booking, Keith Lee started to decline. Shit. Aleister Black had a whole, was getting ready to start a whole fucking uh, new angle with his shit, the, you know, whatever that was, and then they cut him. So we shouldn't be surprised about Keith Lee being cut when he was coming back as Bearcat Keith Lee or whatever it was. Well, I, I'll say this. When you look at the whole of the cuts, when you look at every single person that's cut, I'm going to give uh, a shout-out to somebody on Friends of BFR on Facebook, uh, Justin Matthew. I don't know this gentleman. Uh, I've never seen him comment on anything, I don't think. But he said Vince is getting rid of anything that resembles Triple H NXT. And when you look at all of the cuts, that looks to be pretty similar. I mean, I mean, he's not getting rid of everything. Obviously, there are guys there that, you know, Gargano and Ciampa and every, everybody, you know. But NXT 2.0 is definitely a different look. And... 
Keith Lee to me, Keith Lee and Karrion Cross to me are the strangest ones. Keith Lee was a can't miss talent. Like the guy could get over in the in the ring with anybody that he was in there with. He could carry himself uh, like a superstar. The crowd loved him. He came in the Royal Rumble. The crowd popped. Uh, Vince was like, okay, we'll give a shot with him. Then Vince made him lose a bunch of matches. And then Vince decides to call him, or Vince and the powers that be decide to call him Bearcat, make him roar like a bear or whatever the fuck they did. And then Vince is like, well, now he's, I mean, Vince is just a fucking, he galaxy brains himself out of all this shit. It's like Keith Lee is a no doubt talent. And it is ridiculous that Vince can't see it. Now, there's certainly other factors at play, I'm sure. And I'm not talking about him being black. I'm talking about just <laughs> how, how, well, how much they're paying. I don't know what salaries look like, and I don't know what he's trying to cut. And maybe they're like, you have to cut X. Or he's like, we need to cut X amount of dollars. And Dude, that is the – go go ahead. Go ahead, I, finish. I just I, – it's it's not because of talent. They're not cutting but Keith Lee and Frankie Monet. They weren't doing anything with Keith Lee. Okay, but I, they I was could right. have though. Okay, it's but they it's, a, it's a can't to. miss. It's a can't miss. And the he WWE, is big enough. He's a he's big enough to fight the fucking Undertaker. You know, he's big enough to fight the Big Show. He is big enough to, and plus he moves like a guy that's not as big as he is, and he's a very likable baby face that could get over. Okay. That would get over okay. if given the chance. Okay. That's all I'm saying. And here's the problem with all that. WWE big-time superstars need to check one of two boxes, if not if not both. One, you have to usually be larger than life, okay, whether it's by personality, Austin, Rock, HBK. Yeah, that's 20 years ago, though. But that rule still applies now. That's why I think the second part, you know, they're going back to the bigger, you know, younger, more athletic guys. Keith Lee checks that backhand box, the athletic part. He can go in the ring. He's not a promo guy. And at some point in WWE, you have to be able to put the microphone in front of your face and be able to talk people down this road whatever story you're telling Keith Lee couldn't do that enough to where WWE was like okay he can't do what we want him to do in ring but he can talk look at look at hit row they just got called up a couple weeks ago they had the segment on Smackdown with uh Kofi Kingston and Xavier which I thought was really funny and entertaining but that's what they want. They want entertaining. They want people to be able to do, here's what we want you to do. Now go out and do it. Go entertain. Keith Lee couldn't do it the way that they wanted to do it. He might have entertained you, me, two beer, but not them. And that's that, That's what's most important. What about that guy that, uh, that talked a bunch of shit on you about your Eva Marie take? Do you think that he liked Keith Lee? No, I'm just kidding. Don't answer that. Just... <laughs> Don't answer I that. wasn't going to. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do think this—it's the budget cuts thing. I think it's 
telling because they don't need to cut budget, but they do if they are trying to uh, show more profits for a potential sale. And I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time and we mention it every time they do this, but they also had some office cuts like earlier in the week that were not real publicized because people, you know, those are faceless people. Yeah, and the budget are, cut thing might be a two-year project. They might be. They might say, you know, every four or five months we have to unload X amount of salary or whatever it is. Another one that was very strange to me, and I'd like to hear Zach's opinion on this, is Nia Jax, who got. I mean, she was on TV a lot. You know, I I know that I know that we I know that being on TV a lot and being in the storyline shouldn't be shocking to us anymore but what do you think about Nia Jax Zach I think I mean that definitely shocked me because that's it's like now finally it's like she's injured you know which maybe that didn't help her any whenever it came to deciding you know who to get rid of and I imagine she probably gets paid decently um so that also probably didn't help her but it's not like she has been injury prone herself. She's prone to injuring, but not necessarily herself. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it is. It is surprising. And let me start a nasty rumor know. here that is totally unfounded, and I have no knowledge of this. But just if anybody's aggregating this uh, this podcast, you know what I heard? I heard Charlotte said, "Just cut Nia Jax too. Get rid of her." <laughs> Go ahead, cut this bitch. That's what I heard. I have an insider. I have a source in WWE. What's your source? Trust me. Trust. Well, I can't reveal my source. Deep throat, motherfucker. I'm not fucking gonna tell you. Right. Um, Nia Jax didn't really surprise me, man. I mean, I, I think no. I think we've seen. Is she relate to the Rock? Yeah, very much so. And well, they also don't have a ton of depth. Like in the that's like they don't have a ton of depth in general, but especially in the women's division, like. You know, she's at least somebody, not only was she on TV, but she was at the top. She wasn't ever champion, but she was always that contender. Oh, you know? Okay, but I think, A, we've seen the scene with Nia Jax, and then B, supposedly, um, Liv Morgan cross paths with mm-hmm. Becky Lynch. That might be a thing. Dana Brooke apparently smoothed things over between Charlotte and Becky backstage. That might be a thing because now they're high on uh, Dana Brooke. Ultimately, I don't think any of that matters. I need to see the proof in the ring, you know, wins. And like I said way, way long time ago, wins and losses matter. And now that it's starting to really come to fruition, it doesn't matter, like, ultimately, you know, who's the greatest of all time. That that doesn't matter. But when you see people getting booked poorly, that's usually a bad sign. Keith Lee carrying cross for a hot minute until they put him back on track. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy ain't going nowhere. Tazawa. Okay. Thank you. You know, guys that should be in a better position than where they are, and now they're here chasing the 24-7 title or, you know, God forbid, doing some kind of crazy uh, vignette backstage. WWE tells you who they like. It might not be who you like. But they'll tell you who they like. And from that point on, you're going to have to decide if that's, you know, something, a product you want to get on, get behind or you don't want to get behind. I don't disagree either way. I'm just saying that in the case of just Keith Lee, quote-unquote, can't-miss prospect, 
clearly he missed in some form or fashion. He couldn't connect with Vince. Well, then and that's Zach, the ultimate thing. Zach, what do you think about carrying cross? Like, how will history remember carrying crosses? <laughs> Uh, his stint in WWE because was it? Oh, it'll be a total meme. Was like it? The, was it? Was it a year? Uh, no, uh, I mean, no, it wasn't a year since he's been in WWE. Might have been a year since he signed. Oh, since he signed, um, like with NXT and yeah, all that. And, and he, like he, the, just the the company as a whole. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be a total meme because I mean, it was funny because Adam Cole like totally ethered him on that. Uh, Mm. promo and i mean adam cole also wasn't like super wrong uh but carrying cross did have a mystique because of the entrance and the the hot chick and and all that and he came off kind of like a monster in comparison to those smaller nxt guys but i mean he went to the main roster and it was a total meme i mean he was just losing 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 and they put him in a road warrior outfit right and i mean that's what I remember. Like, I don't remember anything like super cool about his NXT days. And he was also on the, in the twilight years of when NXT was cool. Like it was starting to go downhill whenever he was on the top of it too. So it's I not going to be remembered. Great. Um, I'm listening to this book on tape right now. It's called the, uh, the rise and fall of the third Reich. It's a 57 hour book on tape it was written in 1960, but Jesus. it's something that interests me. I'm, I know. I know that book. Yeah, it's a it's a famous famous book written in 1960 by this guy that, but Marx. He talks about um, in the foreword. He talks about how there were a lot of people that told him he shouldn't write the book because, like the French, for instance, think that you shouldn't even start writing history. You shouldn't start evaluating history until you have a hundred years of hindsight. And writing a book about the rise and fall of the Third I Reich. I going to be alive at that point. But go ahead. <laughs> well, maybe not from now, yeah, but from right. then, yeah, you know. Yeah. But it is hard to evaluate NXT, especially now, because we're less than a year from, I mean, when did NXT start to go on television? I mean, it was only it was less than two years ago, right? Something like that. When they decided to go up against AEW, yeah, we were doing the podcast. October twenty nine, October twenty nineteen. There you go. So it was two years ago. So it's it's hard to kind of see. I know we're not talking about the Third Reich or Napoleon or anything. <laughs> I was but, wondering where we're going. With well, this. this is. I mean, this it's it's fresh in my mind, and I thought that I would give it to the people. Okay, that I'm saying. Yes, while we were going through it, we knew that we were watching the decline of NXT. But really, the Carrying Cross era, and I don't think this is the talent's fault. I, I like Carrying Cross probably more than you guys do. No, I, I would defend Cross here more times than that. But that was not the heyday of NXT. No, like Zach said, it was the tail end of when NXT was what it was. Now it's something completely different. Mm. That's also not the talent's fault. But the Carrying Cross kind of to me with very little hindsight seems to me like the the uh the the harbinger that's that's how we knew that it was done was that carrying cross was the champion and not some wild work rate guy which is what we had gotten over and over and over and over and over again you don't you don't agree with that Jason? totally disagree what do you think totally disagree okay you think nxt still ruled then well i said it then i thought part of the problem was they did the 
the title versus title, uh, merging of the title, and you had Keith Lee being the sole champion. I didn't necessarily think that that was a, a smart move there to begin with. Now, Karrion Cross comes in, and now he's coming in as, you know, this empire is crumbling down around him. That's not his fault, okay? You brought him in knowing what he does. His style is on tape, and you still brought him in. The fact that you didn't do what you were supposed to do before he got there, that's not his fault. Just like I it, like I said, it it wasn't Hitler's fault either. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> going to hell, dog. I know that Zach agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just uh, kidding. Anybody- if anybody likes books in that uh, that realm, the uh, the origins of totalitarianism by Hannah Arendt. I read that earlier this year. It's pretty profound. Um, Ooh, text anyway. that text that to me. Text that to me. Yeah, oh, I like Jesus history. Christ. Hey, we're dads, dude. We like dad shit. We oh. watch Saving Private Ryan on July Fourth every year and cry. We like dad shit. <laughs> Good God. In our in our white New Balance and trying to get barbecue sauce on black the socks. Yeah. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> it's good to me. This is my family life, okay? I'm going to go back to the city and do some bachelor shit. <laughs> just run to the street like, fuck your house. All right, let's get to, <laughs> let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? Two count. We got the AEW going on. We had a fantastic uh, rampage on Friday. Um, one of the best rampages there's been, and I know there hasn't been like a ton of them, and it just started like a few months ago, but usually a fun, tight one hour show with at least one really good match. And I think there was three really good matches here. Uh, I had a lot of fun. So opened up with uh, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. Super fun. Um, I listened to John, John Moxley on um, Wrestling Observer. He was promoting his new book. And he was saying how he watched this um, in like Gorilla with like Tony Khan, and he said it was his favorite match he's ever seen in his entire life. <laughs> Which he's like, I'm biased. He's like, Eddie's like my best friend, and I think Brian Danielson's the best wrestler ever. Um, he's like, but this is my favorite match I've ever seen in my entire life. So. Uh, I mean, I won't give it that kind of level of hyperbole, but it was a really, it was really, really good. Yeah, match. I was going to say a. a Good psychology in the sense where, once again, Daniel Bryanson wins in a different way than he hasn't won before. But Eddie Kingston. Oh, the finish was so good. Yeah. Like, he, he puts him in the triangle, and, like, Kingston knows that he can't get out, so he just gives him the finger, yeah. like, as he's passing out. That was so incredibly creative. Well, it's it's so Eddie Kingston won, and in this scenario, I don't necessarily – I have sometimes a problem with, you know, how, you know, wrestlers are protected. This is a a normal, it's now becoming normal where instead of just tapping out, you know, if you want to really protect this character, you just have them pass out or whatever the case may be. I think uh, I saw Tom Waller did it on uh, MLW the other night or whatever the case may be. So that, you know, in that scenario, though, that was cool. I'll say this much. Eddie Kingston's got one of the hardest chops in wrestling, he turned Brian Danielson's chest into ground beef. beef. It was red AF, red yeah. in your shirt. Okay, it was one of the the best parts of the match. 
you take that, and then you have Daniel Bryanson going after the uh, the legs or whatever the case may be. It, it was it was a really solid ass match. We talked last week I about real, how we real quick. I yeah. got real quick. I got to say, like, that just reminded me of uh, this, this cook, this line cook I used to work with, uh, and you guys will appreciate this coming from the restaurant business. But uh, he was talking about his then girlfriend, who also was the server. Uh, big surprise uh, at the restaurant, but. Um, Basically, uh, Kingston did to Brian Danielson what uh, this guy Zach said he did to uh, Taylor's uh, private. Just I turned that shit in a hamburger meat. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, th- I think about it at least once a month, uh, but now you guys will too. Thanks. The gift that keeps on giving. Should have put a trigger warning at the beginning of this thing. Uh, so, so it, trust me, it's going to be implicit. You know, motherfucker. You know what the fuck's going we on. We talked. We talked last week about how we were looking. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm not gonna do it. Uh, we talked last week about how we were looking forward to this match, and this match lived up to it. I would say I was completely happy with the storytelling in this match, and what there's not much more to say than that. Brian Danielson has the best matches. Uh, the other day on my Facebook memories there was a thing that i had in 2009 where i uh facebooked at like four o'clock in the morning about how daniel bryan matches were the best and there was like one like on it and it was tender mahal and everybody else just ignored it but yeah daniel, it's four in the morning, brian, brian danielson's been putting on the best match. he just he has the best matches um I mean, in and out, like even standard matches, he has the best ones. If you he, ask me, no, he gets it, and then I think that's half the battle. You know, knowing what you want to do before you actually get into the ring is half the battle. Executing it is the other half, and and so far there is nothing that I can say wrong about what they've done with uh Brian Danielson so far. Well, and he can work anybody's style of match, like. It's not like he forces other people into his style of match. He'll do anything yeah. to excel right. at it. And then Eddie Kingston and CM Punk have a little run-in. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to Dynamite because there's more there. Uh, next up, we had Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel. I was watching this match, and I tweeted that um, Seidel was doing some real veteran work here, man. He, was, he made Dante Martin, who I think is only 20. 21 yes. or so 20 he yep. ma- he made him look like a million fucking dollars and that is what you want from your 40 year old veteran who I, I i think he actually trains dante martin i think they put that in a promo that he's yeah i think that was on a uh, dynamite on dynamite yeah. which uh is interesting so they probably know each other pretty well and it looks like sad al's doing a great job because that was also a really fun match what you think zach Totally. Uh, you said it. He made him look great. He doesn't need a lot of help uh, getting over with the crowd because he's so dynamic and he just jumps so high and he floats through the air and he's just so athletic. But when it comes to not looking green, because he is, he's 20 years old, like, yeah, he's probably been wrestling for a few years. Um, you know, probably started as a teenager to be kind of as good as he is now. Uh, but. I mean, he's still, you know, a green dude, and Seidel's a great opponent for him. He's a little bit bigger. He can work, like, as a base, but he's still also a high flyer. Uh, really great um, chemistry. 
And yeah, super fun match. Dante gets a big win, or they made it seem like a big win because he doesn't get a lot of wins. He always gets over with the crowd, but he also gets pinned a lot. That was Martin Seidel three, and he had lost the first two. This is the first one he won. Yep. Yeah. So super fun match. Uh, just kept this thing going, and I was just like, man, I was like, this episode rules. That's what I was going to say. That this was the third match, and normally. <laughs> you don't have where one guy wins the first two matches and you still get the third, uh, Cody and uh, Alistair aside. I think this match, you know, did what it was supposed to do. It gave Dante Martin that that big win that he needs to kind of, you know, keep him not relevant, but just somebody that you just don't think that is a high flyer that's going to give you these spots but never wins at the end. Him winning this match ultimately is important because I think once Darius comes back, that's where you're going to have the rub starting to come into play because my expectation is that he, um, shit, Dante and Leo Rush go on some sort of run of wins. You bring Darius back okay, hey, I'm ready to be a tag team again. Well, wait, you know, me and Leo are doing our thing over here, and that's where I think ultimately it comes into play. Leo Rush and Dante Martin sounds like a fun tag team. I know we said this last week. That sounds like a fun tag team. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what's up next, Zach? Uh, next we have the, um, I don't know what you would, I don't know what they called it, but it was essentially your Halloween match with, um, Britt Baker and Abaddon, so no disqualification, hardcore match, which Britt Baker does really well in, and I think if they would have had like a normal match, it would not have played off as well, uh, but I mean, Abaddon was perfect for, her gimmick is perfect for this kind of match. They put it all out there, I mean, tables, chairs, uh, Britt, you know, did like a, yeah, thumbtacks, Britt did the, uh, what do you call it? The concerto, like, like pilmanized Abaddon's neck, uh, looked terrible. Uh, Abaddon dumped out the thumbtacks, you know, slammed Brit on him, and then like Brit like shoved thumbtack in Abaddon's mouth. Jesus! Uh, before she did the uh, uh, the the lockjaw. So, oh yeah, I forgot um, about that. Really wild match. Yeah, really I wild about match. What do you think, Jason? I had no expectations in this. It was a no, dis- like uh, Tubier said, it was no disqualification. And then obviously, if Abaddon won, she would have a title shot. Well, when you have Ty Conte on, you know, basically in the on deck circle, that, you know, Britt Baker's not going to lose. And that's what I like about AEW. They're not going to have the champion lose before the title match coming up to it. You just, that just doesn't make sense. Then the match itself just went on a whole nother level, like Tubier said. And next thing you know, that uh, that spot where she did, uh, Britt did the uh, curb stomp where Abaddon's neck was in between the chair. That was cringe. When Abaddon brought out the tax, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And now we're going to a whole nother level. God bless Britt Baker. I mean, she might not be the most technical wrestler in the world, but when it comes, when push comes to shove, you can put out tape after tape, Sheeta, Thunder Rosa, Abaddon now, where she will take a bump and have no problem with that. That's what I like about Britt Baker. Low expectation to this match, but ultimately this turned out to be a really good main event. Love the match. I 
if anybody from AEW is listening, and I know we have lots of AEW listeners, or people that work for AEW, but if you guys are listening, please keep Rampage as an hour-long show. You guys already have Elevation. You already have Dark. That's for that's for the real heads. You know, that's for the, the marks. Let them watch it all. But Rampage is such a hot hour show that it was it was they really they've really figured it out years ago they've really figured it out and you know like zach said this wasn't this was an hour that was well worth my time i didn't fast forward through a single second of it i was completely entertained and they came out it's kind of like it's kind of it kind of flies in the face of traditional wrestling booking is that maybe not TV booking, but traditional wrestling booking is that the first thing you see on TV is going to be the hottest thing you see. And that was Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston, which, you know, like I said, came out swinging. I loved, I, I, <laughs> I, I loved like, it. Oh, really? I, I loved it. Are we doing this? <laughs> I mean, that that's, that's why you're a fan, man. That's what I'm looking for. So there's probably going to be some, Temptation to make it two hours, make it like a SmackDown style show. They shouldn't. They I'll, should just. I'll, they should just keep it one hour and keep it hot as fuck. If they did it, I wouldn't be too upset. But I agree with you. The one hour when NXT was one hour on the network, that was a one hour of can't miss TV, and that was you know even when they didn't have all the big names, that was still an hour where you they packed some shit in, and then the next week they you know they. It was still always storyline related, and that's why I think it's a good way to go with Rampage. Yeah, Rampage gets better and better every week, and we're going to talk about this week's Rampage coming up. Um, let's hear a word from our sponsor. No, I'm kidding. We don't have any sponsors. Uh, Zach, Are you guys going to Rampage? No, uh, I'm not. No, I have to work. I have to work, but, I mean, I'm still – I'll be honest. I'm a little bitter that uh, they took full gear away from us. Um Rampage is Rampage. It's going to be an hour. Um, I'm expecting to make money this week. Well, I better make money this week because, you know, your boy is back from uh, Cali and I need a little uh, extra cash. But that being said, um, I'm going to pass on this one. I'm waiting for an AEW pay-per-view, if you will, to come back to the loo, and then I'll go to that. I just uh, hopefully whoever goes to this Rampage just represents – the glue the way that I hope we are represented because I know we're not the biggest city in the world, but our wrestling history is great. Oh, I'm not worried about that. I think I think it's going to be a hot crowd. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, what happened? You, mean, the- you want uh, you want somebody to get pulled over and killed by police on the way home? Is that what you mean by? Murder City, baby. Murder City. Number one in a lot it's of not things. Not just a nickname. <laughs> okay. So say, number one, baby. Act like you know. <laughs> Drive back on so, seventy. Uh, You'll get killed. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I gotta take seventy on the way home. <laughs> I'm black. Seriously? You see me, right? I'm black. I'm one of you. Go ahead. Go. We had AEW uh, <laughs> Dynamite uh, also kicked off great uh, with a match. And this is the, the long memory of mm-hmm. Tony Khan, right? Uh, Alan Angers versus Kenny Omega in a match that almost broke the internet at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, with people acting like it was the end of Kenny Omega's career. He sold too much for this no-name guy, Alan Angels, on his tryout match. And, uh, you know, since then, Alan Angels got signed. He's part of the Dark Order. 
and uh, he's a solid worker, and I love the story here that they told. Uh, they definitely brought it up, and the story is that, you know, even the greatest wrestlers have their nemeses that almost seem to have their number, and uh, they have trouble, like they struggle even if they win. And that's the story with Kenny Omega and Alan Angels. Is Alan Angels has Kenny Omega's number, or so it seems, and gives him a bunch of the match and uh, ends up winning with a V-trigger, which is cool because, you know, kind of subverts expectations. And, you know, it's fun, that kind of spontaneity where secondary moves or um, lead-up moves can become actual finishers in their own right, especially something as nasty as the V-trigger. So that was neat. And uh, then Kitty gets on the mic and says, this guy ruined my career. Don't you be embarrassing me. It was really good. <laughs> it was the Great White Hype. Have you seen the Great White Hype? Oh, yeah. He's like, when uh, Damon Wayans got punched by uh, – Jack Conlon, and he's like, are you trying to embarrass me on TV? And then all of a sudden, the whole fight just turned around. He's like, what? This is 30 seconds. <laughs> What's this popcorn match bullshit? It was kind of like, that was the promo that it felt like to me after the match. But I totally agree with you about the, the lead up to this match. I don't want to call it long-term uh, storyline, but it, it was at least... It, it was at least yeah, it was a callback. That's the it, word I'm looking it for. It rewards longtime viewers. No, it was a callback. It was if you saw this first match and you were like, What the who the fuck is this dude? And how is he giving Kenny Omega all this problems? And now we fast forward where Kenny Omega, you know, has done the belt collector thing. He's still AEW champion. You know, he's getting ready to have this. And big he still match. has a hard pro- he still, he still has, has a-, a hard time beating this Alan Angels, dude. Yeah. It's sports. Like you've never, it's sports in the wrestling element. There's one, there's. Would you call it sports entertainment? No. Okay. All right. No, no, no. I thought Alan Dangles looked like a million fucking, fucking dollars. <laughs> Kenny Omega made him look like a million fucking dollars. This was a really fun way to kick off AEW Dynamite, which we should add, uh, former co-host of the show. And host of his own new podcast called Sideways in Time, uh, Lucha Chris. Murray, the Murray Man Murray, how he used to be back here before he transitioned. Uh, sold out. He, 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 he's now Lucha Chris. What the fuck? With Danny O. You ain't shit. A.K.A. Patriot Pat. Uh, they were on the hard camera. And you can, I, told, I, I was looking for them, and I did not see them. Oh man, you can see him. I, but once I didn't see him for a long time, and then once you did see him, you you, you, you can't see him. And it was a lot easier because of uh, Lucha Chris's mask. So oh, I thought it was a lot easier because of Danny O's beard. <laughs> I really did. Like I, saying, I just kept seeing his beard. See, yeah, I kept seeing him. See, this is the bad. But okay, when well then at some point somebody sent me a screenshot of this, so that way I can go back and see this shit. But that's well, there's not Patriot Pat's. And his wife's sign got over because he held up a sign that said, it was a gif. He held up a sign that said, my wife is my soulmate. And then she held up a sign right after that said, Excalibur is my soulmate. And somebody made a gif out of it, like this wrestling gif. Twitter. Stop playing with pretty, me right pretty now. Pretty funny. It's a great sign, too. It's That's a great sign. Comedy. Anyway, they were there. It looked like they had a great time. God damn right. Okay. I, I Look. I ain't mad at nobody. God bless some shit. My favorite was the Orange Cassidy sign, which was just an orange piece of poster board. 
So Kenny Omega and Allen Angels have a really good match. Uh, Kenny Omega cuts, cuts the promo afterwards. <laughs> you ruined my career. Uh, Hangman Page comes out, fucks him up. Uh, we're getting obviously getting Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. This is the buckshot a second time. Well, actually, he tries the buckshot this time and misses it. Fat, a call back to the the tag team match where we always th- well, I was a big one that thought that Paige was going to turn heel on Kenny Omega and it looked like you know he was getting ready to do the buckshot on him and this was the heel turn and he didn't do it now fast forward to Wednesday night he actually does the buckshot but misses and JPW shit baby steps baby steps That's just, it's, it's little seeds to win if he does do it and he wins with it <laughs> All right, coming up next, we had CM Punk comes out, cuts a promo about John Moxley, and uh, you know gives his props to John Moxley for going into rehab and you know fighting his demons and all that stuff, which you would expect from Punk. And then Punk goes into dare I say a pivot, Eddie Kingston, who interrupted his CM Punk's backstage promo on Friday Night Rampage, and then he goes to Eddie Kingston and. I'll tell you what, this was the punk I've been waiting to see. Because it's punk versus a formidable opponent, you know, somebody who can actually go toe-to-toe with him on the stick. For sure. Right? Yeah. And, well, I'll I'll just ask you, Zach, what did you think of it? I thought it was great up and down because it's so crazy the control that punk has over a crowd where, like, they wanted to just go nuts for him. Like, you can tell Casey just wanted to freak out. Because he's within, like you said, he drove down here. He's been driving distance of his hometown and stuff. So, um, and he was just like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. So, you know, Casey dies. He's like, let's talk about some real shit. And then, uh, yeah, we'll start playing into Kingston. And it's kind of cool because, you know, they, they even though Kingston's been doing some kind of more heelish stuff, you know, like interrupting Punk and stuff, he really is um, one of the most over baby faces in the company. People love him so much. And people love seeing Punk. And they've got some differences to work out. And I think that that makes for compelling storytelling. It doesn't always have to be a uh, baby face versus a heel, like a full-on program like that one of the guys can work more subtly heel and you, 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 you know stole my thunder. that's that's where i was going yeah. to go ahead yeah kingston can kind of work heel-ish but he can still get cheered because it kind of seemed like the plan was for moxley and kingston to both kind of make that heel turn mm-hmm. uh there ain't no way moxley is a bait or a heel after coming back from rehab though so oh, dude, that you still, dude you stole my thunder again Motherfucker. <laughs> sorry no no sorry. It's all, no it's all good um i'll say this i totally agree with you with just kingston punk because it, it just if you look at it from you know an objective point of view eddie kingston's kind of in the wrong you know he's kind of jumping out of you know out of his lane or whatever the case may be and stepping the punk in a scenario where, you know, maybe you're pissed off you lost, but, you know, you lost. But, you know, let's take it like a man and let's move it along. Now, you know, you have a scenario. Mm. You got a scenario now where 
we got beef. You know what I'm saying? So what are we getting ready to do? We're going to have to, you know, meet me at Rampage on Friday night in the loo, and we're going to talk about this beef. I was kind of worried about is Eddie Kingston going to get booed because Punk is so over and Eddie Kingston is kind of coming off as a, a little heelish, like you said. Ultimately, I don't think it matters. I think, you know, to me, the match is going to be good. I was just kind of wor- not even worried, but just curious, I guess, better choice of words to how fans will react to uh, Eddie Kingston on Friday night coming into uh, Rampage after what happened on Wednesday. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to I'm going to lay my cards out on the table. I say there's no way Eddie Kingston gets booed. Not, I don't think there's a single chance. I think that Eddie Kingston is so over as a babyface. CM Punk is so over as CM Punk. I mean, when CM Punk called out Eddie Kingston on Dynamite, the crowd didn't know what to do, and there was no pop either way. Like there was like some murmurs, but nobody booed, nobody cheers, nobody cheered because they were like. Yeah, we're not going to boo Eddie Kingston. I agree. And they they didn't. And it's it's well documented on this show what I think about Eddie Kingston and Eddie Kingston's character and Eddie Kingston's character, you know, uh, in shoot style. And this is going to be a fun, <laughs> a really fun babyface versus babyface match. And it's the best kind of babyface versus babyface match where they actually have a problem with each other. And it's going to be presented as a fight. We got beef, nigga. We got, <laughs> we got beef. You know? We need to do this. That and should be a full gear match. And I'm. That's, it's going that, to. Yeah, it's going to be a full gear It should match. be like somewhere in the middle but to, that's, to that, fill the cold card. That's up. how good Punk is. I don't know. I don't know if he planned on saying this. But he said, I fully intended one to get into this eliminator tournament. To become the champion, but then I had to come out here and address Eddie Kingston. Everybody and that's booed, what he booed, and he goes, and I was and he like, goes, "Uh oh!" He goes, "Don't boo me." He goes, He'll "Boo Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Kingston," and I was like, "Uh oh, uh oh!" And I'm like, uh. "That was real good shit." And this is the punk that I've been waiting for—the mad punk. I, you know, listen, the fu- the stuff with uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Hook and Taz—that was all fun. It is what it is, but. Now he's with somebody that's at least an upper mid Carter, which I would. It feels a little more credible. Where would you, you say could that see Eddie Kingston's an upper mid Carter? You could, if he lost to yeah, Powerhouse. He's main, go ahead, Tuber. Go ahead. No, upper upper mid car capable of being thrown in a main event, but he's not a main eventer all the time. Right. If Powerhouse Hobbs beat CM Punk, I would be like, "What the fuck just happened?" If Eddie Kingston beat CM Punk, I'd be like, "Oh, okay." You know. Th- it would be more credible, dare I say, realistic. I mean, there's no way that Eddie Kingston beats Sam Punk, right? Not in this scenario, no. Zach? Uh, I don't think so. I would be very surprised. What I'm really looking forward to, though, is Friday <laughs> because Sam <laughs> Punk had his promo on Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston wasn't there. But them going face-to-face, Let's do Eddie shit. Kingston won – the beefer last year, at least my beefer, for promo of the year when he went up against John Moxley and convinced me and Tender that he was going <laughs> to win the title. Like, completely worked us. We were completely worked. That's how good that promo was. That was awesome. I'm st- I am very much looking forward oh, to yeah. see Eddie it's Kingston on. go toe-to-toe it's, yo, it's with CM Punk 
in a promo battle. For this sure. is the shit that you this is the shit that you wait for <laughs> as a wrestling shh, fan, right? Shh, be quiet, be quiet. <laughs> Turn oh, this shit up. I'm just I'm completely psyched about it and uh, I'm looking forward to it as much as I was looking forward to Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston in the match last week. Like that's how I you know, Eddie Kingston he might be my wrestler of the year. I don't know. You know, only a couple months dude, left. Dude, there's three. I'm not PWI. It don't have nothing to do with kayfabe. I can choose whoever the fuck I want. There's three choices, and there's really only two, but go ahead. Eddie Kingston, his brother, Kofi <laughs> Kingston. <laughs> Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Brian Cage, Christian Cage. Hangman Page, Diamond Dallas Page, Ethan Page. Uh, what was next? What was next, Zach? Uh, next, uh, we had a Miro um, vignette, and then we had the Super Click, uh, which is kind of like a started out as like just like a funny little, you know, backstage segment with uh, Alex Marvez. And then how is he not going to get the fuck out the way? That's my question. Come on, man. You (laughs) see, you see this, you see this starting to brew. Can we, before we get into this though, can we talk about how Miro, Miro's promo, he was telling God (sighs) that he needed time to decide if he was going to forgive God. Like, that is really fucking funny to me. He goes, God needs to prove it to me. Just like I need to prove to her, to her. her. I assume he's talking about his very hot, hot wife. wife. Yep. Uh, it's That's an incredible promo. An incredible promo by Miro. Okay. I'm going to say this really quick, and let's just get this out the way. I was wrong. Okay? WWE put, what? WWE put the shackles on Rusev, Aiden English, especially when Rusev Day was hot. This Wait. is what... You haven't admitted that you're wrong about this yet? Okay, hold on. This is public admission, okay? God damn it. Okay. Now shut the fuck up. <laughs> but you're That's like longer than slavery reparations. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going, Jason. Sorry. <laughs> that was good. I'll say this. When Rusev Day was real, real hot, that's when they should have kept that motherfucker rolling. And that's when Rusev could have been that next guy, the guy that ultimately I think he's going to be in AEW. I would be very surprised at some point he's not world champion at some point. It's not going to happen within the next six months. Somewhere down the line, he will be world champion. What year is it? Did did we just travel back in time? I right. thought, I thought exactly. that we, I thought you already knew this. No. If you'd have told me this dude, Rusev, the way that WWE presented him versus the way that AEW is presenting him, they are two totally different guys. Totally different guys. This AEW guy looks like he's getting ready to be champion someday. That Rusev guy, man, look, that dude was a joke. The, the tank coming down to WrestleMania was his ceiling, and that's scary. Okay, yeah, I I, I thought that we were already all on, all on the same page about that. Like, that's an admission. We are, but you know, I like to make you know every now and then I like to say that I'm wrong. Listen, Here's guys, that one time when I watched the Mickey Mouse Club back in the early '90s, I thought J.C. Chazé was going to be the big star. Turns out it's Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I was wrong about Timberlake. Wrong about okay. <laughs> Turns out he's got a lot of charisma. He's actually pretty good. <laughs> Who would have thought? I just can't. I can't wait till they hire C.J. Perry and then... Uh, they <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. They just 
book him as a cuck and they have her start making out with powerhouse Hobbs every week. Dude. You ain't shit. That is fucking. I was that. I was taking a drag of my cigarette. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you are not shit. And, and the fucked up part about it is that's some WWE shit that they did. And if you'd have said, "Oh, that that wouldn't happen," oh wait, here you go. <laughs> Goddamn, Zach, that's funny. You got Bobby Glassley. You got never mind. Okay, right. go ahead. Yeah. So then, we, then we have Jurassic Express. Uh, they fight. Uh, the elite, super quick. They killed him. Yeah, they Dude, killed him. I was about to say, is Adam Cole alive? <laughs> Somebody needs to check on him. He's. That's where I was holding in the May baby before the podcast started. And I was telling her, I was whispering in her ear, "You need to sell. Selling is important. You always <laughs> need to sell." Adam Cole on that concerto, even that little, you know, he was all twitching. Yeah, the leg leg twitching or whatever. That's perfect. You know what I'm saying? It's that little shit that goes a long, long way because when they actually have this match at full gear, I don't know what kind of match this is, but I'm assuming this is going to be a six-man match of some sort. There's going to be hell to pay, okay? In some form or fashion, somebody's going to get that work, and that's what I want to see. Adam Cole did great. Christian coming back was great. Jungle Boy is... like the next coming of Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara came, you know, we were talking about, you know, guys that are, you know, getting over or whatever the case may be, who's going to be the next big star of AEW. I think Sammy Guevara has now gotten to that point. Jungle Boy coming off that fucking ramp, like out of the fucking darkness and shit. He's the next guy. So MJF, I know we're going to talk about him in a little bit. He talks about these four pillars. Those four pillars in some form or fashion on Wednesday were all prominent in some form or fashion at different spots. Definitely. Uh, Zach? Uh, yeah, but then we have um, the Triple Play tag team match. We had Samurai Del Sol, uh, <laughs> formerly known as Callisto. They ain't no more Callisto. Versus FTR. And this match was um, not very good. Um, or at least I, it was, it was FTR in general is definitely not meshing with that Lucha style, but they can work with those guys like really well. I don't know what the deal was. Um, There's just a lot of missed spots in this match. Um, but I mean, it was like really good in spots and it was just like not great in other spots. It, it just kind of was just kind of there do in my mean- opinion. Okay, I agree. Uh, the only thing that I think about this match is that guy's name, Aerostar. Is that his name? Has always been Aerostar. Isn't that the name of a van? Is a van it, like a Ford, Ford Aerostar? Yeah, it's Jesus, a Ford we're getting Aerostar. Come on, man. Come on. Let's not show our age right here. Come on now. Come that, on now. That was Come the on, van fellas. that my aunt Mary D's used to drive Christ. me around on Lindsay Lane, going up and down to go get oh, white Jesus. castles and run oh, errands Jesus. and shit. I was in the Aerostar with her. Oh, she had a sticker on it that said, once I have time, now I have twins. Because oh, I have two little twin cousins. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, Aerostar is a terrible name. Good Lord. Okay, so let's try to bring us back to the wrestling part of this program. I didn't think it was that – It was it wasn't as bad as I think you guys think it is. I think this is the clash of styles where – you have FTR, who are clearly not luchadors, 
versus Kalisto. I'm just calling him Kalisto. Mama call him Kalisto. I'ma call him Kalisto versus an Aerostar where they are truly luchadors. So yeah, you're going to have, you know, these missed quote unquote missed spots. I don't think it's missed spots. I think for me, this was a part of ultimately the bigger picture. FTR FTR are not luchadors. They shouldn't be the AAA champions. You said it last week. It's more about bringing heat on the gringos who aren't luchadors versus actually the match itself. I thought the match itself was good. I don't think it was, you know, a five-star, you know, FTR match that, you know, we might be hoping for, maybe used to. I think the bigger picture is the fact that it's it's supposed to make FTR look bad. I guess that's where I'm going with it versus FTR looking good like we always used to see it. I look forward to next yeah, week. To win. I look forward to next week when Samurai Del Sol tags with uh Previa. It no, it's it's a ninety day hold. He can't come out just yet. Come on. Just Previa? No, he can't. Toyota come- Previa? <laughs> the GMC Express? Oh. I was about to say, Grandmaster Week a, it just it was a van, It was a van joke. It was a van I just joke. Got it. All right, sorry. Sorry. I was going to say it. Aerostar. <laughs> come on, <laughs> motherfucker. Hey, I didn't come up with the name, motherfucker. I'm just saying that. Is that better or worse than Duncan Idaho? Duncan Idaho is worse, although I did watch Dune, and Dune fucking ruled, guys. Go ahead and watch a Dune. Dune awesome. Get yourself some Dune, man. Oh, come on, man. Is it five hours? And watch Dune. Oh, two and a half. Two and a half. Okay, I can do that. Oh, it's insane looking. It's insane. Batista uh, was in that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he was also in Blade Runner 2049. He's really good in Blade Runner I know, 2049. I know. We talked about this. If he's in Dune, then I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Uh, we had Inner Circle versus America's Top Tag Team. Or Jesus. What are they called? America's Top Team? America's Top Team. Uh, America Top Team. Uh, this, damn. This segment's... It's okay. I, it's love, okay. I love Dan Lambert. Um, this is just... They clown on Paige Van Zandt. I mean, she walked into that. Outside of that, this is... It was what it was. What do you think about it, Zach? Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of these segments. I always, I'm always entertained by them. Um, I kind of expected them to do the Dan Lambert thing. He's going to be in there for some spots. They're going to bring him in and going to get a big pop because he's going to do a couple bumps. He's never done anything like this, at least as far as I know. Um, Shit, but you know, ready to find he'll out. yeah, he'll bump for the guys, and you know, like by putting them down, he also puts them over. Uh, you know, as far as like Jericho. Um, is concerned because you know like the page man Zan thing like you know that he intentionally mentioned like her only fans and stuff and now she's getting a lot more people googling her only fans because this is more exposure for her um so i mean i think pro wrestling is a good fit for her not saying she'll be good at it but she's like very marketable she gets herself out there she's an actual fighter she's not like super great fighter but so for um, for the listener who doesn't know about Paige Van Zandt, and for the uh, podcast host who doesn't know about Paige Van Zandt, does she actually have an OnlyFans? <laughs> I'm asking for the listener. I'm asking for the listener. You know, it's research. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's all bikini stuff, though. They're not worth the money, in my humble opinion. 
but you, you go out and do you. I just wish there was porn for free, you know? <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Well, the, about this. Okay, so then we have Sidal, Leo, and Dante, which we talked about. Uh, then we have Anna J versus Jamie Hayter uh, in the TBS Championship Tournament. Jamie Hayter goes over Anna J. Kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, well, sorry, Jason. Yeah, it surprised me. Maybe I don't know as much as you do. Don't fucking look at me <laughs> like that. Britt Baker and Tay Conti come out. Go ahead, Jason. Say whatever you're going to say. Go ahead. When you have Rebel and Britt Baker at ringside for this match, and there's no Ty Conte, which was my problem with this before the match even got started. I think you probably know who was going to win. Just that's the only thing I was going to say. Uh, not me. Uh, what do you think, Zach? I didn't know that Drew was going to challenge Big E for the title. When I he didn't came either. Out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what do you think, Zach? Uh, this match was not that great either. It was uh, it was fine though. You know. Um, Anna Jay is, uh, has a lot of, like, people are behind her. She's very marketable. That's, like, my, like, PC way of saying she's super hot. But, um, they, uh, she knows she's just green and she seems, like, a little hesitant in the ring and that's fine. Uh, you know, I think she has the potential to, to be a star and, uh, Jimmy Hader's got it too, but, um, they kept it short. So, I mean, it was, it was good and we're moving, moving forward with the, uh, TBS title stuff. All right. Who's this guy that they have Jay Cargill with? Mark Sterling. He actually... Uh... Okay. <laughs> so this guy is a perfect manager for Jay Cargill <laughs> because they are totally Shut polar... The fuck up. They are polar opposites. They are... It's like you would expect Jay Cargill to be with a guy like Malcolm Bivens or even like... Even like... Uh, uh, Paul Heyman or somebody like that. But they have this fucking total nerd. What's his name? Mark Sterling. Mark Mark Sterling. Smart Mark Sterling. They are perfect together. I can't uh, who's whoever's idea it was to put these two together and this guy is just so straight-laced and white as fuck God, and dude. she is so mad and she is so fucking just you know I there's no other way to say this she's just black man she is just black <laughs> as shit and she just are we talking about krakens or are we just talking about no she's like that chick on nxt uh that lash whatever her name is glass legend lash legend but she's better you know, like she actually can like back it up with uh, her physical in ring ability, physical in ring ability, her appearance. I mean, the way that Jay Cargo looks, we've talked about several times. I'm I'm not going to sound I don't want to sound like some horny dude. I mean, she is badass looking. She looks like she a badass. Like she can fuck somebody up. And that Mark Sterling dude is just the best person they could put with her, in my opinion. Jason. Okay, so I had said something, tweeted something a while back that basically was saying that Mark Sterling wasn't going to be around long with with Jay Cargill, and he uh, tweeted back to me. He was like, okay, just watch. And this was a while ago, and he's still around. So that to me, when you said all this, it was like the Did night Did you just, tag him in it? No, I don't tag anybody. Oh, so he was searching it. 
motherfucker. What a fucking. I don't tag man. anybody. Okay, if you if you respond to me as a wrestler or anybody of that such, I don't tag anybody. Okay? Good for you because tagging people is bullshit. Yeah. If you if you're gonna see my shit, then you just see. Yeah, it. you're just offering your opinion. You're not trying to trying, get no. Mark Sterling to respond no, to you. No, no, good for you. No. So he responds and basically like, you hear that wrestling Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> fucking turds. Okay, don't don't run out for do the what hug. Jason does. <laughs> don't run right. out for the hug. <laughs> don't ask for an autograph. Right, you're older than these people. Jesus. Anyway, so he basically was like, you know, just watch, and he's still been around. And when you were saying that he's the perfect guy, I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is that it's perfect just guy. It's such a mismatch that it makes so much sense. He's the straight lace. Okay, you know, sorry, Jade. You know, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> my bad. <laughs> you could whoop my ass. Right. Let me go. I'll wait for you to go ahead and get your breakfast, and I'll just wait patiently. You can leave out the motherfucking kitchen after that point. I like those two being together. Ultimately, I want to see Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker for the AEW title. So I'm kind of rooting for Thunder Rosa to lose at some point so I can see that match. But Jay Cargill and Mark Sterling is a very good combo. Zach, what do you think? I think she probably hit 69 on bottom. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, moving on. Jason left. Uh, Jason have... left. He took off his headphones <laughs> and he left. <laughs> we, we can move on. Uh, what do you think about uh, what do you think about MJF and Darby Allen? What do you think about MJF's uh, promo? Uh, you know, it was fine. It was you know typical MJF. I did think it was funny that uh, Darby didn't get triggered until MJF said he could beat him with a headlock takeover. <laughs> yeah, I know. Get, like, <laughs> joke, but he just got real mad all of a sudden. Um, but uh, but yeah, like uh, yeah, that was a bridge too far for Darby Allen. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's it's Max going out and doing what Max does every week, and we always enjoy it. And we'll look forward to him maybe getting his comeuppance, but probably not. He'll probably beat Darby at uh, full gear too. I'm gonna say this right now. Uh, you wait for uh, me to come back, didn't you? No, I, 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 like, listen, I'll admit it. I've probably said before here that Brian Pillman is a bit of a blind spot for me in terms of wrestling history. And I've been watching, I started watching the Brian Pillman uh, Dark Side of the Ring. And I was like, God damn, it's like, I just don't, I have no recollection of this guy. It's like, maybe I just completely, maybe, maybe he just completely missed me. Just like Edge's uh, solo run, you know, like I wasn't there for it. But I just go back to MJF's promo on Brian Pillman Jr. And I just keep thinking like, man, that was fucking weird, man. That was such a fucking terrible, like... It was a good promo, but it was just, it was really mean. Yeah. It might be in a pussy. Like, no, I, I don't know. Like, it was fucked up to me. Like, now that I've seen the Brian Pillman dark side of the ring, I'm like, God damn, MJF. Oh, is. You know what's even worse is, like, he I, did it. It was, like, the week that that aired. Like everybody, it's like, you know, that's like one of the reasons that it was kind of topical. And I think one of the reasons why uh, they even Brian put Brian Pullman Jr. in there. Yeah, because, you know, he was getting some attention from the from the TV show. Um, 
So yeah, it made it that even that much more poignant whenever he did it. I'm sorry. I grew up talking shit. That's the way we did it. You had to have thick skin. That to me was not that big a deal. All right. Well, this is all just a big way around of me not wanting to talk about Darby Allen's terrible promo skills against MJF. Like, I hope that MJF fucking slaughters him in the ring. I hope that he fucking <laughs> breaks his skateboard. And uh, <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Here's here's the question. Here's a good question because I, I MJF brought this up. Hold on, hold promo. on. I'll be the host of this. Ask right. me a question. MJF brought this up in a promo, and I was curious to what you thought about this. MJF said he was the better wrestler. So if you had to say who was the better wrestler between MJF and Darby Allen, who is it? Darby Allen. Wow. What would you say? Probably Darby Allen. Well, then why'd you say wow? Because you don't give Darby <laughs> Allen any kind of credit. No, for... I no, I give him all sorts of in ring credit. I give no. Hold on a second. I'm sorry, you don't give MJF Zach, credit. Zach, please help me out here. I have given Darby Allen all sorts of flowers in terms of his in ring ability. I've never said sure. anything about his in ring ability. I think he's great, except the coffin drop. It's it's just kind of a weak. It's just kind of a weak finisher. But there's tons of guys with weak finishers. Okay. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> we did not set him up for that, No, folks. not at all. We did not set him <laughs> that, up for that. that that's was, all Zach. That's all Zach, guys. That's, that's, where, that's where I love this man. <laughs> I wish. I wish we'd have been like, you know, hey, Zach, here's this joke coming out. No, nope. We did not, do not talk about that. <laughs> Our, our pre-show meeting lasts exactly 120 seconds. How you doing, Zach? Uh, how's Portland? Oh, cool, 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 cool. That's it. <laughs> you you red as fuck. Like, I'm getting ready to cry over this motherfucker. God damn. Uh, no, I'll, t- I'll take Darby Allen as an in-ring talent. Wouldn't you? I mean, doesn't Zach? Like, that's it. Like, I guess... I guess my problem with this one is... I would is, take MJF overall, though, if we're talking total package. Like, we talked last week about AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins in-ring or total package, right? I said I'd take Seth Rollins all the way. You guys said that you would take AJ Styles in-ring, but you would take Seth Rollins as a total package, which sure. is a completely fair argument. But if I was taking total package, I'll take MJF by far. But if I'm taking just in-ring, I'm taking Darby Allen. Okay. I think it's funny, too, because... Um, we see MJF wrestle like five times a year. Yeah, like, he never wrestles. This dude, dude comes out and does his does his promos, but and like th- he wrestles on pay per views. He did a he did a whole thing with Jericho, where all he did was put Jericho through the five labors of Jericho, and he never had to wrestle once. Okay, but that took two yeah. months. Ultimately, I'll say I'll say this. Ultimately, if Adam Page wins the title. That's when MJF starts to get back into quote unquote oh, wrestling. He's not even close to being as good in the ring as Hangman Page. I'm not saying that. The, do you think MJF? Do you? Would you? Did I say that? Would you? Did I no, say that? No, you didn't. No, you okay. didn't. And I'm okay. not trying to do a straw man thing. But let me ask <laughs> you this: Would you even want to see MJF in the G1? Oh God, no. Exactly. Come on, man. Stop. Exactly. Stop. Would you like Stop. to see Darby Stop. Allen? Stop. Would you like to see Darby Stop. Allen in the G one? Okay. Okay. No, see, I'm just okay. You you are crossing just, the streams of this motherfucker. No, it's just a it's, question. It's not. It's it's not a question. It's totally two different things. Okay. MJF is not built to do the G one. Is okay? Darby Allen? Oh God, no. 
He he. If, if Naito got broke in night one, what you getting ready? Things getting ready hard. Two beer, come on, get get in here. I'm asking you, which one would you rather see in the G1? MJF or Darby? I'd rather see MJF. I'd rather see MJF. Fuck you guys. I'm taking a piss. <laughs> you guys start talking. Just talk about whatever the fuck you want. Okay, no, we can talk about this. MJF would be like a Jay White. Thank you. Thank you. It's not like this is, it's not like it's Yujiro Takahashi. Okay, it's not like somebody we got to, you know, make something happen for. You said it perfectly. MJF would be Jay White. All you had to do was bring out, and you didn't even have to bring out somebody that's his second. Okay, God forbid that Dick Togo was like, you know, MJF second. But it's that same concept. Jay White's not the greatest wrestler in the world, but he's heel enough to where now when he talks, you don't like him. And now when Gato comes in to help him, it's more heel shit. I'd rather see MJF in the uh, G1 right now versus anybody else. Over Darby Allen, please. Come on now. I see great wrestling in New Japan all the fucking time. All the fucking time. You got MJF come into the G1 and start talking? <laughs> I think uh, I think he'd surprise a lot of people, too, with his wrestling, because he's a real student. And he's, you know. And I'm not, asking to, I'm not asking to be Zack Sabre Jr. by any stretch of imagination. That's good, because he wouldn't be. Who is, motherfucker? He wouldn't be by any stretch of the imagination. Who is? He wouldn't, a, be ta- he wouldn't be Yujiro by any stretch of the oh, imagination. Stop. Oh, stop it. Don't be mad because I'm right, okay? Hold on. You think that MJF is as good as Yujiro in the ring? Yeah, I think he's better. That. Mm. 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 that. I didn't have to say a word. That's insane. <laughs> No, you're, you're. I think you no, might be. That, I think you might be. You picked the wrong. You picked, you picked like the worst person. Are you talking about Hiromu? Because like, thank you, Hiromu. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm Hiromu. talking about Yujiro. I'm From talking about Bullet the club. Yeah, I'm talking about the the pimp. Oh Jesus Christ! Get you your guys boy. are wrong. You guys Get are wrong. You guys are wrong. You guys think MJF boy. is better than Yujiro? He's yes. a 36 year old fucking wrestler. He has 10 years yes. of wrestling on MJF in Japanese style. Are you guys fucking crazy? Get your boy. MJF is 25 years old. He can barely and fucking wrestle better. Jericho, and who's 52. Better. That that's an insane take. That's uh, okay. an insane. Okay, so that, Jericho's 52. Is, are, are we not going to put a in the effect of who MJF is wrestling against? I mean, it, it's easy Yeah, I to, watched him easy, wrestle Jungle Boy, and it was shit. To, you guys oh, thought dude. it was good because okay. you guys are fucking marks. Okay. It was not good. <laughs> okay. It's easy to look good against Okada. Okay. Ugh, oh, God damn. I can't. Oh, my God. It's easy to look my, good against. My I would go, I would go good against I'm so fucking mad. <laughs> So fucking mad at this. I could have thought that Yujiro would have been the hill that he died on. Because uh, he's the worst one in the. He's the worst one in this year's G one, and he's still better than MJF in the ring. That's not. A, that's wow. not. A, that's not a crazy take. It is a think, huge crazy take. Get your boy. I think the only worst hill to die on is the hill of Golgotha that's tattooed on the back of Lance Archer, and that's the only one. <laughs> 
He's heating up. It's no regrets. That's fine. It's no regrets. Fine, fine. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I, we the Millers? Is that, we're the Millers? Okay. Which is worse? Do, which is worse? Bill's take on You're bringing that. up We're the Millers? That yes. movie with Jason Dickens? Yes. Yes. Because when you have that fucking no He's regrets fucking tattoo, okay, that's a bad tattoo. Your take is equally as bad. Now, which is worse? You guys, uh, like, I, I, I don't know what MJF matches you guys are watching. Like, even Zach just said we've only seen him fight, like, five times in the last year. Yeah, like, because what they're MJF... doing it for a reason. It's not because No, it's sucks. because he's a good promo and he's not good in the ring. Otherwise, I'd have him go squash guys. Dude, stop. Stop. No, I think it's just, I think it's like, a, I, think, I mean, I'm sure he does work and stuff. But as far as, like, uh, I think it's just a great way to stay healthy. Um and I'm sure it's Oh, like eating stuff. grape nuts. Yeah, I know. Dude, it's a great it's way okay. to stay healthy. <laughs> it's okay. You're wrong. It's no, okay. You guys are wrong. No, you're wrong. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll let the people decide. <laughs> Take the L and move along. I'm not taking an right. L. I'm taking the W. So, Give me this weed. We had. We had uh, Watch me start coming over here in a little a, bit. From kind of a nothing uh, segment. Um, setting up the pay-per-view match. It was quite the digression. But, uh, but yeah, so we had Cody Rhodes versus Andrade El Idolo. Um, you know, these guys, like, really, like, solid work. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of more story-oriented right now, though, with kind of Cody's reactions. You know, there's boos, there's cheers. Um, really kind of an interesting dynamic with Cody that we've talked about lately. Uh, but, um you know, FDR eventually comes out. Cody goes to do a dive. Uh, they hit him with a triple-A belt. Andrade does his, like, hammerlock DDT um, for the win. And then, um, you know, we've got the whole Malachi Black thing, and there's, like, some really fun dynamics with Malachi Black and Andrade uh, because Melina, you know, used to, which is uh, Malachi's wife, I uh, used to manage Andrade. Like, Tony Khan just brought that up on Wrestling Observer Live, like, yesterday. Um, so, I don't know. Mm. I didn't think about that. I was fine yeah. with Cody Andrade. I thought, I thought it, the match was good. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a really good match. I like Cody matches when they're kind of methodical because I've said it on here for a long time. Cody can tell a good story in a ring, you know, and Andrade is a superior wrestler long time ago probably four years ago on this podcast i said that on our uh, that alberto del rio and andrade were uh equal in terms of in-ring ability i was wrong <laughs> so this, this, everybody's throwing out their skeletons and, tonight. And everybody's <laughs> dropping their skeletons tonight. So it was like, who would you rather see in the G one? <laughs> both, both. I'll take that L. I'll take that L. <laughs> Good job, Tubir. Still right about MJF, but I mean, I'm I, like, I, 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 I love Andrade. I love the way that this finished. Because they seem to have some sort of uh, uh, agreement between the Pinnacle and Andrade and Malachi Black. What I do want to mention to my fellow English major on the podcast, 
Well, go fuck myself. Yeah, just go piss or go piss or something. <laughs> go outside. Let and the mow English the lawn, talk to boy. each other. Did you notice? I didn't call you boy, boy. Uh, <laughs> did you notice when Malachi Black was cutting that promo and he goes, "Just know that when they assassinated Julius Caesar, Marcus wasn't the, the only, only one, one that betrayed him." And I was like, eh, "Does he mean Brutus?" Like, did that pass through everybody? I thought. Uh, I thought he's. Go ahead, Two Beard. You're the, you're the guy. Marcus Aurelius was one of the assassins, but Brutus is the most famous one because Julius Caesar said A two Brute, right? Right. So yeah, the, but is, I think I think the whole thing. I think it was uh, there were multiple conspirators and there were multiple assassins because they all just kind of turned on him. But I think. I didn't go back and look at it, but I actually thought the exact same thing. I thought he slipped up, but then I'm like, no, nah. I'm like, there was multiple times. I was like, maybe Marcus stabbed first because obviously Brutus didn't because he said at two Brute, which means like, and you Brutus. Yeah. So basically like, being like, even you dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm but, thinking that. So you think Marcus he said Marcus on thing. purpose? I thought he might have. At first, my initial knee jerk reaction was that he screwed up. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I think he might have said it on purpose. Well, I'll take it what what as like a deep cut. Then I'll take it. I'll t- I just thought of this, and I'll take it one step further. Ate Brute would be somebody that's close to you. Okay, if you're Cody Rhodes, if you're going to say something like that, All who's right. the closest person to Cody Rhodes right now? Arn Anderson. Boom. But Arn Anderson for, didn't I'm turn looking, on him. I'm look okay. It it didn't happen right now. So you think Arn's going to turn on him at full gear? It would make sense. I think he fucked up. I think he meant to say Brutus, and he said Marcus, and no. nobody that was editing it no. and nobody that was paying attention to it knew any better. I'm, I will almost go as far as, dare I say, the infamous shot bet <laughs> to say... We'll never know unless we talk to Malachi Black and give no, him truth. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's going to come out at some point. It, Full Gear is obviously next week. So if Arn Anderson turns on Cody Rhodes, that's the next conspiracy. Didn't he already turn on him, though? And then not they really. kind of backtracked it? No, not really. Okay. I'm trying to get you back on track. Might have, been, might have been a dream I had. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying. He tried to get him back on track. He won that that third match. Where Malachi Black won the first two, so now Cody's back on track. God, we're living. I mean, we're living in a golden age. Of it's, it's crazy. <laughs> they're, they're clicking on all cylinders. It's crazy. Uh, Zach, what did you think about that match? Uh, yeah, it was totally solid. Uh, every time I see, sorry, I was just C- Cody doing and my research. Yeah, no, it was it was a good match. Uh, yeah, like Casca was the one who stabbed. Um, Caesar first, so um, yeah, he must have just screwed up. You're talking about Malachi Black screwed up? Yeah, I think that's what he did. So our knee-jerk reactions were likely um, correct. Anyway. Love uh, being right. That was a solid match, and (laughs) I was actually kind of I was kind of wondering because I was like, man, I was like, we don't have a whole lot of time in this TV show left, and then they bring... um, Named Johnny Hungy out to do like 
the most insider promo of insider Dude. promos. <laughs> it was I'm pretty like, funny, what the? Actually. I'm sitting there watching this shit. I'm like, am I not watching the same? It was totally. Listen, and I, I watch a ton of fucking. I say this on. with all due respect. I watched this promo, and I was completely sober, but I was on very little sleep, and I was holding my baby, and I was looking at this promo, and then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. Is he a little person? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> when he flexed his biceps, they were, like, so close to his head. I was like, ah, God, that looks like a little person. You're going to, to hell. <laughs> but he's not a little hell. person, right? No, he's I'm not a little person. I'm just being honest, though. Jesus he's not Christ. a big person. No, he's, he's not, not a big no, person. he's not a big person either. God damn. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he's not a big person either. <laughs> No, he's really not. Okay, this whole fucking segment was like, "What the fuck?" He was kind of doing like a wee man thing, though. He was kind of like, he was talking. No, supposedly this is BTE type shit. All right, and that's where I was just like, okay, and right. I was like, what the fuck? Because the whole nothing for me and that promo made any kind of sense. We have a lot to get through. Uh, we have Orange Cassidy and Miro. Uh, I don't think there wasn't. There wasn't a whole lot of mystery as to who was going to win this match. I think we all knew it was going to be Miro. Who was Especially a, when Orange Cassidy came out with the uh, tapes around the rip. Very good uh, replacement for Moxley. Cause this said it was last sp- week. This was supposed to be Cassidy versus Moxley, right? No, and I said it last yep. week. I, you know, Mox, not Moxley, but Pac, uh, Miro, guys that I thought should have been in it. They're not in it. And now. So now we're having Miro versus Brian Danielson, right? Yes. Yep. At full gear. Which sounds yes. fun. Yes. Yep. Sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and for all these haters that say that this is just a WWE match. No, it's not. It's not even it, going to be close. It's not even going to be close because they're having the match in AEW. They're not having the match in WWE. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to fucking rule. Yeah. Like... I think they've only wrestled one time before. Anyway. That's what that's what I was trying to think I, I don't about. Even care. Like they could have had three matches on three stupid pay per views in WWE. Fair. I want to see him have a match on AEW. No, that's fair. It's that is a totally fair call. Give him twenty minutes and let him go. Go and and whoever wins, will just figure that out. But yeah, I really am looking forward to this match because now you have Miro back on the stage where God has to prove something to Miro. Daniel Bryanson's on God the has to prove something to Miro. Right. Jesus Christ. And Daniel Bryanson is literally on the road to a title match. This should be a banger-ass match. Uh, let me ask you the, about this, Zach. Um, what do you think about Orange Cassidy uh, now that we've gotten back to having crowds? Uh, I, mean, I don't think anything's changed. I think they. it was funny how he seemed to be a much bigger deal without the crowds, at least as far as, like, his slot or kind of where he's positioned. He's still decently protected and stuff, but, you know, he was in really kind of top-tier programs. And, um, you know, I think, you know, he'll have his time in the sun again. But it is kind of funny that, you know, you can't hold everything back until you get crowds. And I think that he did a good job of helping them along during the pandemic. But, uh, but yeah. He's still he's still over, but it seems like maybe not as much as he was at one time. I kind of think that they pushed him a little bit harder when there were no crowds, so that he would still have the impact 
that he had when they came back to crowds. Like I, I like I don't know if they did it on purpose, but I think they did it perfectly. Where they made him a really big deal when there were no crowds, even though his act really doesn't work with no crowds. His act sure. works really good with crowds. Like when he raises his hand and then puts them in his pockets, that crowd pops, man. All the time. Oh yeah. They pop it like throughout any any of his performances, like he gets Big, big reaction. He's the, evolu- he he's the evolution of wrestling. <laughs> Let's not go that far. I'll just say this. Um, the revolution of wrestling? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> when you bring in, you know, Daniel Bryanson, Adam Cole, Bebe, other guys, everybody's going to take a slide down the roster. Orange Cassie is not doing anything wrong. It's just now... You got these other guys that are coming in. Miro, we're just talking about that's you know obviously beat Orange Cassidy to to go to the AEW preliminary uh, tournament final. It's not necessarily Orange Cassidy's fault. It's just now, once again with WWE, you know, releasing the you know twenty some odd you know talent. Don't think not some of these motherfuckers are coming to AEW and then. As much as I don't want to see anybody come to AEW at this point, that's just me. I think this roster is completely stacked. I know we weren't going to talk about Moxley for 30 seconds, but I'm going to talk about him for 30 seconds. He, Him going away, getting his shit right, this roster is so deep, they just had to plug somebody in, and the next thing you know, you had a great fucking match. So for me... Miro coming in to me should have happened to begin with. He coming in now is perfect, and now I think that Miro and I'm, Daniel Bryan is going to have a really banger ass match. Oh yeah, they are. And honestly, like Moxley going out, like we used to talk about, should they have eight months on and four months off as wrestlers just to keep everybody fresh, keep everybody a little bit more healthy? I'm not saying. Well, I'm, and it's cool. It's cool real quick with Orange Cassidy because, like, with his gimmick, like, what does he care if he slides down the card? You know? No, he he's doesn't. Not gonna be out. And he lo- doesn't care, like, in character. And low-key, Miro versus Orange Cassidy is a pretty fun fucking uh, mismatch of, of styles, you know? Like, really strange. And they're also, they both, like, get it. They both have that... They both have that same Kurt Angle style, you know, where they just know they're in on the joke. I love them. Anyway, uh, we can uh, keep it going. Let's get to that. Three counts. One, two, three. Okay, the three count is something we don't do very often, but we're going to talk about main roster stuff. And what happened the other night on Raw, which I really enjoyed, which is why I wanted to talk about it, was (laughs) Seth Rollins comes out, starts talking shit. He's the number one contender. Big E comes out, challenges him. Big E, to his credit, has been a little bit more serious lately, a little less jokey. Go ahead. What? No, I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish before I jump in. And then uh, KO comes out, Kevin Owens, my dude. And he says that him and Big E have never had a one-on-one match, and they're going to have a one-on-one match at the end of the show. So KO and Big E have this one-on-one match. Seth Rollins approaches Kevin Owens before the match, says, I'll scratch your bag, you scratch mine. Kevin Owens refuses. 
Seth Rollins interferes in the match anyway. Kevin Owen, Kevin Owens sees what happens and still tries to pin Big E. Big E pins him anyway, clean, and then gets pissed off at him. Says, you were trying to take advantage of what Seth Rollins did. Kevin Owens grabs the mic, apologizes, apologizes to him. Seems sincere. Seems. Big E gives him the big ending right in the middle of the ring. Heelish. No? No. No? No. Zach, heelish? Yeah, I uh, I saw this and I thought it was, I mean, I know that he got, you know, interfered on and stuff, but uh, he did kind of come off, maybe not heelish, but just kind of dickish, which is not how Big E normally comes off at all. Jason, what do you think? He saw, Big E saw what happened after the fact. It's not like, you know, I'm I'm taking a guess of what happened. He saw what happened after the fact. Yes. Okay, so I don't understand how this is heelish. This is giving the receipt. Okay, well, okay, maybe not you heelish. Fuck me. Maybe not heelish. If you, I, maybe not heelish, but is a baby face. It's no. giving the receipt. To me, this is giving the receipt. See, I keep hearing this given the receipt thing, but that's a that's a shoot term. That's about that's about fucking somebody else after they messed you up in the middle of the ring accidentally and then you come back and get your receipt. Okay, that's fair. Receipt's not a kayfabe term. Oh no. They've been working it into commentary though. Um I've been hearing it on both brands. Uh for sure. Yeah, I heard it the other night and that's not that's, that's not, not a, the true Bobby, Definition. Bobby Heenan never said receipt. <laughs> Bobby Heenan wasn't live in 2021. No, just, but I'm saying, like, it's a new thing. It's not even a new thing. It's, I think it's just a new term. Because Bobby Heenan paid cash for everything. <laughs> I think it's just a new term. I actually, God bless that, man. I had no problem with what Big E did because what K-Fape Big style. K-Fape style. Big E did what what other baby faces have done in the past. I get that point. Wrong. No. 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 Biggie, are you are we gonna really sit here and say that Biggie no. has done something that is it's so original that we've never seen it? A in baby the- a baby face would never watch a guy say, Listen, dude, I'm sorry and like really plead it out and then be like, Okay, I'm gonna fuck you, I'm giving you my finisher I'm anyway. That bullshit, eh? I'm calling bullshit on that. This is WWE. I'm sorry. There is some angle somewhere in the 70-plus history. Oh, I know what the angle is. KO's turning heel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and that's fine. But I don't... just think that Big E did something no, a little heelish. No, no, hey, no. Let's, let's ask the left coast liberal. He did. We did. He agreed with you, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you guys are right. It means you guys are probably wrong on this one. I'm sorry. If are K- you looking forward to Kevin Owens being the new WWE World Champion? Is he going to resign? Are you looking forward to it? <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. As far uh, as I'm concerned, this is this is the Dean Ambrose way out the door. Let me ask. Let me ask Zach. Zach. Xavier Woods is the new king of the ring, and Kofi Kingston declared himself the hand, Sir of, Kofi. The hand of the king. Sir Kofi. 
this week. Sir Kofi. So which one's turning heel? Oh, man. Wow. That would be weird. You don't think one of them's turning heel? would be very Game of Thrones. I think that one of them's turning heel. You think one of them? Damn. And I think it's going to. Well, which one do you think it's going to be? If one of them had to turn, turn heel, heel, I would rather this, be Kofi Kingston during this thing. I'd, which one's it going to be? I would rather be Kofi Kingston. But you think no? But which one do you think it's going to be? Xavier Woods. What do you think? I Zach? think yeah. Having I think storyline wise, just having the crown and like the things go into his head, it'd be easier to turn Xavier. It makes sense. Yeah, and he's wearing the crown. I don't think, dude. I I know we keep talking about this. I don't think either one of them will go and heal anytime soon. I think we're going to see Xavier Woods go heal sooner rather than later. Okay. What's the pay-per-view after Survivor Series? Um, They're not going to do a December pay-per-view because it's usually TLC. They have a January 1st pay-per-view, which they haven't named or... How far away is Survivor Series? Two, it's the day after my birthday. So we're I, down to I days. think we could see a Xavier Woods heel turn before no way. that. Too, way too close. Way too close. They don't tell long-term stories. It's still way too close, dude. I mean, damn. Okay, so this week's the 6th. 13th birthday is the 20th. The next day, the 21st, that's Survivor Series. All right. So you're going to say in two weeks... Xavier Woods turns heel in two weeks. I'm saying he's going to turn heel before you turn 60. That's, that's next week, happen. right? <laughs> what you say, Zach? <laughs> oh, I just said any, anything can happen um, when it comes to WWE. I mean, we saw that today. Although, hey, I'm looking at uh, my Twitter feed here. Um, not that you guys are boring me or anything, but uh, I just took a, took a look. And uh, <laughs> I'm dead, apparently... Dude. I'm dead. Some of these. I'm getting ready to piss my pants. That's, such a, that's such a chop. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> now you can say it is anything that's important, but scroll, scroll, yeah. scroll. <laughs> but uh, it looks like some, not all, but some of those WWE cuts uh, were in relation to vaccination status. So that makes a little sense, maybe, on how many uh, there were. So okay. now we can. Okay, oh, really? Like, okay, so so all of a sudden now WWE is going to be that guy. Oh, we, we got to make sure everybody's vaccinated. That's that's a I think part it's of the just a, I think it's just a I think it's a corporate move to kind of just make sure that uh, you know there's less uncertainty as far as these uh, you know you get your talent. You know, you're keeping your employees safe, or that's what everybody says, keeping your employees safe. But really, they want to keep them healthy so they can keep them working. And keep them okay, All right. I was going to say two beers. This Come is, on now. This is the other thing I wanted to say to you guys, is that this week on Raw, we had Finn Balor versus Chad Gable. Now, when you see that coming up on Raw, you're like, yeah, that'll be, I'm sure that'll be fine. No, be, it's, probably be four minutes of fine. No, now, it's a good match. if those guys were in AEW, and it's it was on. Chad Gable versus Finn it's Balor, on. like o- opening up a dynamite. Game on. We're talking fifteen minutes of burner go. shit, Let right? Go. That's that. I mean, that's a difference. Like when people say, when people say, "Well, they offer you two different things." It's like no, AEW offers you which it's wrestling. I want to see Chad Gable versus Finn Balor. 
I've but never other, seen it. <coughs> but other guys don't want to see that shit. Okay? And that's what I can and that to me is what it, it was what I think I get from Twitter and all my interaction from it. AEW is wrestling. Is what I think as wrestling. Okay, so you have different WWE styles. WWE. Is sports entertainment. Ask Zach what he thinks before he starts scrolling through the internet again. Zach, what do you think about <laughs> it before you scroll through the internet? <laughs> what, what's the, the question? The question is... I mean, I was listening, but I just don't know what... I, was, I, like, I, I, I didn't know how you were referring to Finn, yes, Bal- no. Finn Balor versus Chad Gable. That sounds cool on it WWE programming, right? It should be amazing on... Any other weather well, besides th- th- WWE. This is what I'm saying. Like, when people say, oh, it's Daniel Bryan versus Rusev, uh, we've already seen this match in WWE. It's like, no, yeah, but you're going to see it on AEW television. So, oh, yeah. I mean, so we haven't had- gotten a chance just for that to happen yet where we've seen, like, two guys that have wrestled on WWE and had, like, you know, a program that we remember, and then they go do it somewhere else. Because uh, it's just, it is, it's a different thing because they are not allowed to do certain things. And it's not just specific moves. They just they aren't allowed to work whatever style they want to work. They have to work that mechanical WWE style. And some of those guys you see whenever they get done with the uh, with uh, WWE, whether they're released or whatever, some of them keep working that style. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. And they get basically indoctrinated into it. And then they yep. can't stop doing it. Oh, Jason's all right. He only broke three fingers. Uh, let's get – all right, that's <laughs> going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. And everybody, this is a segment we call The Odds and Ends. This is banned from ringside. Okay, so The Odds and Ends is basically our four count. It's going to be NXT 2.0. Opened up with Mandy Rose, Io Shikai, uh, Toxic Attraction came out, KC and KC came out, Dakota Kai came out, Cora Jade came out. That didn't all came out in one spot. Jesus Christ. Yes, all all of them. They that, didn't. that was one segment. Um I don't have a question there. We can go on to Duke's <laughs> Porker Room. I have a question. No, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question. What do you think? No. What? Io Shirai, is, to me, is the question coming out of this whole segment because it feels like it's Io Shirai versus Manny Rose. And I'll say this. Io Shirai is one of those women I thought should have been called up before this whole reboot for WDR, NXT came out. Is Io Shirai getting ready to the job to Manny Rose? That's what it feels to me at this point. Yeah, I was probably toxic attraction, like helping her. <sighs> Fuck, man. Listen, that's not what I wanted to hear. Io Shirai is bet better than that. If I thought that she would be have we, used properly on the WWE main roster, I think that's where she ultimately should be. Have we all watched this NXT 2.0? Because I'll skip past parts because there are parts that are very skippable. Oh, yeah. You know, I, didn't, I didn't watch it. I watched it, but, I mean, you can definitely skip through this shit. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the thing that stood out to me the most on this NXT 2.0 is that Carmelo Hayes is really fucking good, man. They put him against Ciampa fairly quickly, and that – that says something. Yeah, and he had a he had a really fun 
fun segment uh, this week during his match. I loved him. I loved him. I was like, oh, man, this guy, this guy's got it. The fact that they're making it the, the quote-unquote A title, they had him come across Ciampa. I'm not saying that they're going to marry the titles again, but. Yeah, but that little party had against uh, Ciampa this week fucking ruled, though. It I mean, me, it ruled. It made me think, like, okay, what could actually happen? And that's yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, and Chamba made him look like a million bucks. Did you see that part, Zach? I didn't watch uh, this week at all. You suck. Yeah, well, I mean, I watched the entire thing. There's really not much to watch. It's really like so slapdash, fucking it's stupid. All over the place. It's all over the place. Uh, Imperium is now getting ready to fuck Toxic Attraction. <laughs> uh, Solo Sokoa. <laughs> He uh, looks like an Uso. He, he looks, looks like an Uso. Well, that's that makes sense because he is an Uso. <laughs> uh, Briggs and Jensen, their vignette was really strange. It's the odd couple tag team. Yeah, I know, but it's pretty. It's odd really couple strange. tag teams, distraction finishes. It's WWE has a formula where no, like I was it talking, or not. I I fucked up. I said Champa. It was Carmelo Hayes versus Johnny Gargano, and it was really no, 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 no. You said it right. Him and Champa had a cross. You know, they crossed paths where right. they were like, but, okay. But when know. he when he did the kick thing and he, like, okay. swiped kicks at him, like, uh, it was it was really good. Gargano is the man. Uh, it was a pretty good no. NXT 2.0. I just don't think I ever have to watch it. I think I could watch it once a month and get the, get the gist of it. At this point, I'll say this, and I watched them all up to this point. It's a reboot, and that's fine. I guess my biggest problem with this is there's no real direction. It's like there there's 50 people on this roster, and they're trying to put in 35 people in one episode. Ultimately, I think they will get it right, but it's just so many fucking people at so many times. What do you think, Zach? What do you think, Zach? I, like, I am not going to make this a priority Ever. Like, I'll throw it on the background when I'm working around the house or something, but this is not musty TV. But I will, if I got nothing else going on or if I got some time to kill, I'll throw it on. But, that's, yeah, that's once a month by the frequency. Best way to put it. Uh, two more things about the main roster. McIntyre beat Mustafa Ali. Not newsworthy, but he beat but, him with the Kimura lock. So is... McIntyre's gonna start using the Kimura lock, or do you think this is a one-time thing? No, I think this is this is gonna be a thing where him and Brock are gonna have to cross paths again. Uh, and then there was Charlotte Flair came out cut a promo at the very beginning of SmackDown, alluded to what happened last week, but didn't make a big deal out of it. Then we had Charlotte Flair versus Shotzi. Charlotte Flair beats her clean, and then Shotzi does a Sasha Banks beatdown. This confused me because I didn't know that Sasha Banks was supposed to be a baby face. She is now. But was she? Uh, okay. Ultimately, I think this... It's a real go- question. No, I, ultimately, I think this boils down to Survivor Series, where you want to have, if you're WWE, you want to have Becky versus uh, Charlotte Flair, champion versus champion. The title exchange was some bullshit, but you're going to ultimately get there. Now, the question is, is Shasi Blackheart 
better as a baby face or a heel. She's a baby face, dude. Come on. You know, you I get it. She you has could, green hair. Come on, man. Bones through her noses. Okay. She's baby face all the way. Sasha, you can make Sasha be a heel because Sasha can do either or easily. Zach, is Adam Pierce turning heel? That's what it seems like. Seems a million like him dollars? And Come on, man. A million him. dollars? God damn. <laughs> Shit. Him and Sutton just seem like they're going heel. So what's more likely? This is the last question before birthdays. What's more likely? Lesnar stays baby face. Paul Heyman goes baby face. Roman stays heel. Or Roman goes baby face. Dude, come on, man. And Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman go heel. What the fuck, man? It's two options. <laughs> it's like five. <laughs> no, it's just two options. What do you think, Zach? You know, it's funny because I like that dynamic of baby face Brock, but it didn't really seem to change that match as much as I thought it would because Roman is very over. And they're both just over. He's heating up. So I'm just saying he's right. He's right. He's not right. No, he's right. No. So okay. So Zach, one word answer. Who is a baby face at WrestleMania? Brock or Reigns? You like the last time they wrestled? No, coming up. Coming up, WrestleMania. Oh, who's in, coming up? Not okay. not even if they're wrestling each other. Who's a baby if, face? If, who's if a heel? it was going to happen, who would be the baby face? Um, I think I think uh, Brock. Jason, what do you think? Come on, man! It ain't gonna take that long. It's Brock Lesnar. He's the baby face. Roman's the heel. At WrestleMania, yes. I think Brock's got a chance to win the Rumble, and he'll get over huge. Dude, uh, you no, know what? No, no, win the Rumble. Come on, you know man. What? Don't, don't. Nope. We I was, we're going to open up a whole other can of worms. We're getting ready to go home. I started this conversation thinking I was going to disagree with you guys, but no, nah, you're right. It, Brock's going to be the baby face. They're going to just stretch it out. Yeah. This Come on, is man. Banned from ringside. Hey, everybody. We, gonna, we got some birthdays this week. Alexander Wolf. Remember him? 35. Did Nick Aldis. <laughs> Nick Aldis. Former uh, NWA champion. 35. King Kong Bundy. He's 30. Jesus Christ, I'm old. 64. Uh, Joey Ryan. He's still alive. <laughs> he, he's alive, but he, yeah, not, not in the wrestling world. <laughs> See ya, Joey Ryan. You ain't shit. He's 42. What? Okay, I'm not gonna say it. Uh, DBS, I've never raped anybody. Uh, <laughs> DBS Jr. As well, you should. He's 39. Uh, Keith Lee, mm. the aforementioned 37. God damn, dude! Drop 10. Uh, Okada is 34. Chris Jericho, older than me, 51. Thank you. Pete Dunn is 28. Cowboy Bob Orton. Is 71. Billy Gunn is 58 from Chuck and Billy. You guys remember him. Uh, Ryback is 40. And Peyton Royce, she's 29. 
Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Take you serious? <laughs> we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours. I love you, Zach. For Murray the Merman Murray. Jack. For Patriot Pat. Jack. For Dan O. Jack. For Tender Mahal. For Vice. Jack. Key Vanderway. Kill Jack. Jason. <laughs> for my wife, Aaron. For my Jack. daughter, Eddie. Edna Guerrero. Bye-bye. For Two Beers, Zach. Pulling out there in Portland, Oregon. And for Jason Cornelius. Bitches. I am Bill Vagie, and everybody never forget to just boo the heels, bitch.